0: One of the most watched, disturbing, and talked about realities of 2023 was the spiraling cost of food. We heard about consumer experiences and concerns regularly. And this is with 6.8 million Canadians, including a million eight children in Canada, that's according to the University of Toronto Studies, experiencing food insecurity and food banks nationally stretched beyond their capacity to make up for the food shortfall. There were questions about grocers engaging in profiteering at the expense of consumers, and grocery chain CEOs were summoned to appear before Parliament more than once. Food inflation inflation outpaced general inflation for months on end. How do we assess 2023, and what should we expect? In 2024, we're joined by our good friend, Professor Sylvain Charlebois, director of the Agri-Foods Lab at Dalhousie University and project lead for the 24th edition of Canada's Food Price Report 2024. You buy lottery tickets, Sylvain.
1: I rarely do, actually, but I do get them uh, from time to time as a gift. And that's I'll, a big I'll, risk. I never, check, I never <laughs> check if I won or not. That's a big so risk. So maybe I'm a millionaire, but I don't know it yet.
0: Oh, man, that's a big <laughs> risk. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Right? So you never win, and you buy one for somebody else, and you know the scenario. <laughs> they call you, and they say, I'm in the Galapagos Islands. Thanks a lot, Sylvan." <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I won't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. No. no.
0: Okay, so um, let's look at 2023. Could you just... Yeah. From memory, review the highlights and the most difficult times as far as food issues in Canada in 23 are concerned. Um, I don't know what we start with, the good news or the bad news. Leave it to you.
1: Well, I mean, what, what really caught us by surprise this year was for, for, I'd say, two quarters from, say, April to September, uh, clearly Canadians were spending less on food despite despite inflation uh which which meant really that housing costs got to a lot of people uh all of a sudden with uh, 10 rate hikes in a row uh from the Bank of Canada obviously at some point a lot of people were caught by surprise by higher mortgage payments and uh, and rents also were impacted as well so you could you could see the data was telling us. Oh my goodness! A lot of households were really suffocating financially, and so when they show up at the grocery store, they start to buy the cheapest things uh, as possible, uh, and they actually change address. They went to different places that never bought food uh, before, including dollar stores. That's really, to me, that was that was the one thing that really caught our attention, uh, telling us that things were really tough for everyone.
0: Yeah. And yet, how much milk are we pouring down the drain every day?
1: Oh, my goodness. You want to go there? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Well, this year... I I follow you
0: on Twitter. All right.
1: People may not remember, but in February of this year, a dairy farmer in Ontario actually filmed himself dumping 30,000 liters of milk Now, the Dairy Farmers of Canada actually uh, have claimed that this was an isolated incident, but we know, we know that milk dumping is a frequent occurrence in Canada. While parents are out there struggling to get baby formula, we're dumping milk in the, down the drain. So it's, it's a bit upsetting for a lot of people when you see that, especially in light of the fact that the dairy section at the grocery store is more expensive, way more expensive than last year.
0: You challenged Ottawa's $38 billion investment in EV battery plants while Canada faces a critical issue with baby formula.
1: Exactly. Well, we don't have a baby formula. Well, actually, we have one baby formula uh, plant in Canada. It's owned by the Chinese. It's in Kingston, Ontario. It's called Canada Royal Milk. We actually subsidized the construction of that plant uh, for the Chinese, but... Uh, nobody really knows what's going on at the plant, but while we're seeing shortages all over the place, and by the way, baby formula is way more expensive now compared to last year. It's about 30%, 35% more expensive. Baby formula. Why are we looking into working with Canada Royal Milk and try to supply the Canadian market? Nothing has been done. Ottawa has not said one thing while spending 38 billion dollars building uh, EV uh, battery plants all over the place.
0: Whose soldiers are patrolling the place?
1: Well, I mean, basically, right now, all we know is that there is a plan in Kingston, and we, we don't know exactly what's happening there. The intent of the plan was to supply only China with can, using Canadian government-sanctioned Canadian milk to that Chinese plant. So there's a lot of layers there that need to be addressed by politicians. But, again, I've raised this point in Ottawa several times this year and uh, never got an answer.
0: Yeah, but uh, is it Canadian soldiers or Chinese soldiers?
1: I Well, I heard that some Chinese nationals are working at the plant. But, again, I, I can't confirm that. I've never actually been physically at that plant, I know that some people have been there and they see that plant every day, and that's what I've been told. But I don't know for sure.
0: Okay, you mentioned Ottawa. Let's summarize the uh, engaging of grocery chain CEOs by Ottawa. Oh you, you were God. there for that, right? So ultimately, I was
1: there for one. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: so what was the? Yeah, you, know, you you moderated one. Did you not?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's right. So o- Mr. Champagne.
0: So that was the one that that went well. What ultimately? <laughs>
1: yeah, you can say that.
0: <laughs> what ultimately is or was the benefit? Was there any? And Galen Weston, see, I follow you on Twitter or X. Galen Weston wouldn't sign the grocers' code of conduct. Can we put and that? It, can we put that all together?
1: Well, so I raised, yeah. When we met in September with the Big Five, I raised the point. So first of all, let's put aside uh, profiteering. Accusations. There is no evidence of of, of profiteering. Uh, the Bank of Canada has said so. The Competition Bureau has said so. Uh, the Parliamentary Committee has said the same thing. We actually did our study. Uh, we find mar- gross margins have been the same for five years. Profits have gone up. Nominal profits in dollars, yes, have gone up, and yes. Uh, they've actually uh, they've they've reached record levels, but that's what inflation does. But there is no evidence of profiteering. So putting that aside, uh, I try to get the group to focus more on the code of conduct. And the reason why the code of conduct is so important, Roy, is that it would level the playing field. Right now, the bullies are Loblaws and Walmart. They dictate the rules of the game. They. Impose fees on suppliers, they destroy independent grocers, uh, they're under tremendous pressure. And if you create a code, companies can actually go to a place to dispute any decisions made by Walmart and, and, um, and Loblaw. Right now, they can't. And so that's why I think it would be important in 2024 to see uh, a code of conduct uh, be realized, but make it mandatory. Mr. Minister Champagne has said that it's going to happen, but he hasn't really committed to a mandatory code. And and frankly, I think that Gannon Weston's approach to the code is a little irresponsible because he did claim last week that the creation of a code would increase the price of food. And he used the Australian model as an example. But his argument in Ottawa was was quite flawed, to be honest, uh, because he did say, well... Suppliers would be able to charge whatever they want to grocers, which is absolutely not true. The code would create a place, would actually provide an arbitrator to two parties to negotiate fair deals between two willing parties. That's how it would work. So I thought that gil Weston actually misled Parliament and misled Canadians when he did, when he actually said that the code would cost people more money.
0: You know, there was something that, uh, that occurred to me when you were moderating that, uh, that meeting of the CEOs in, in, in Ottawa. And I, I haven't talked to you about it because it just slipped my mind and then I just thought of it when I was putting together some questions for you, for you today. When you're a grocer, when you're selling food, uh, just like if you're a doctor and you're looking after people's health, you have a societal responsibility quotient You've taken on the responsibility and the challenge of providing an essential service to your community. And along with that, taking on that responsibility, it's not about slick commercials, it's not about selling us stuff we don't necessarily want, but it's cheap enough that we can afford it. You have a responsibility quotient to your community And I I don't know if the Grocer's Code of Conduct states that, but it's just something I felt I needed to say.
1: It's a fair point. It's a fair point, Roy. Um, I mean, 2023 actually gave us uh, Galen Weston's disappearance uh, from airways. You don't see him anymore. And that was a good thing, uh, to be honest, because he was a target. I agree. So. So we moved on. There's no more noise about, well, there's still some noise about getting Weston, but not as much as, as before. Uh, but I do believe that the code of conduct, because there is a code of conduct in the, in England. There's a code of conduct in Australia, in Ireland as well. And it's in our report, uh, Canada's Food Price Report 2024. We actually clearly show over the last 10 years that food prices are much more stable In countries where there is a code versus countries where there's no code, like the U.S. and Canada. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people think, well, a code is like regulated. uh, It's like it it would create a regulated economy. Not necessarily. It would actually make the economy more democratic across the supply chain. Because right now, you have two companies, Walmart and Loblaws. They actually make or kill companies. People don't know this. But when you actually look up the food chain, you got two companies with way too much power. Do they deserve to get the power they have? Of course they do because they worked at it, and they're very well-managed companies. But we're talking about food here. This is it's not about pills or cars. This is about food, making sure that small communities have access to two grocery stores. And right now you have really just a couple of players making sure that there's only one grocery store in small towns everywhere. And that creates small monopolies.
0: You have to keep in mind, we've talked about this before, that 6.8 million Canadians live in a food-insecure environment, and that 6.8 million includes 1.8 million children. I'm actually looking at your 14th edition of Canada's Food Price Report 2024, and I just want to read this sentence or two sentences. The 2024 food forecasts, or the 2024 report forecasts that overall food prices will increase by 25 to 4.5%. The report maintains the same approach as last year and shows predicted annual food expenditures by individual consumers based on their age and gender. So food is going up. And I have to throw this in. So is the carbon tax. So there's the responsibility quotient <laughs> the government has to the people it serves. It's not the government's role to just jam their favorite policy down our throats. when We can't afford to feed ourselves. Amen just my view. Amen to that, Roy. Huh?
1: Amen to that, Roy.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sylvain. <laughs> Sylvain, we have about, uh, I don't know, I keep telling everybody how much time we have today. I guess I'm anxious to get out of here and start my vacation. I don't know. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what, why do we all yeah how do how do we transition how do you see the transition from twenty three to twenty four as far as food and food cost is concerned because we went through 11 straight months of inflationary increases in food that outpaced general inflation didn't we?
1: That's right and uh I actually think that uh, our report this year was was a good news report for for Canadians for 2024 uh, We are expecting. To see the end of of this so-called uh, food inflation storm, we're, we're in uh, the food inflation rate is at uh, five point six percent. We're going to know more next week uh, where it stands for for November, but we are expecting that rate to continue to drop, uh, probably even you know following the general inflation rate. But listen, Roy, actually, we think we think by mid year twenty twenty four, we could actually start seeing some some price wars here and there, especially at the center of the store. So things are actually going to shift quite rapidly. Uh, we're already seeing things tighten up around the world uh, in Europe, Asia, uh, even the United States, and it's going to catch up to us. So it's going to be the reverse phenomena that we saw a few years ago. Instead of seeing you know, commodity prices go up, uh, costs go up, it's going to be the opposite. And and I think consumers will get a break at the grocery store finally as interest rates stabilize.
0: Oh, that's going to be so significantly important. And you yeah. know that each and every Canadian is going to notice that if you drive by a gas station and the, gas, the cost of gasoline goes down a, a cent or a cent and a half a liter, everybody's, hey, look, it's <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. You know, I, I do think we're going to get more loss leaders, more rebates, more discounts, more generous. You know why? Because we all became nomads.